On this episode of the Game Time Guru, I've got one of the biggest Boise State football fans in the land joining me. He's going to talk about his love for the Broncos, his passion for sports overall, as well as what he's got going on with cinematography. Is it Andrew Farachi? Farasi? Who knows? Maybe you'll find out on this episode of the Game Time Guru. So, what time is it? Game Time Guru! What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Game Time Guru. As you know, I'm your host, Shane Larson. I'm really excited today because we've got an awesome guest on the show, and I'm going to let him introduce himself because I can't pronounce his last name properly, so it's Andrew F. Andrew, thanks for coming on today. Glad to be here. Uh, I guess you can pronounce my name as Ferrasi if you want to. Ferrasi. What's the Italian pronunciation? Uh, actually, I found out a couple weeks ago that <laughs> I was talking to some Italians that I ran into, and... Um, they told me I was from Sicily, and they're like, oh, yeah, we, we're from Sicily, too. Obviously, they had an accent, but uh, I always wondered how to pronounce my last name in Italy. And apparently, it's Ferracci. Got to roll that R. Okay. But in Americanized, we call it Ferrasi. I like Ferracci. Ferra- Ferracci. Yeah, there you Ferracci. go. Yeah. You should make a pizza parlor or something. Is that even a thing? Pizza parlor? Pizza place? Uh, Ferracci's Pizza. Are you not a pizza guy? I love pizza, Okay. there's so many around Boise, it doesn't even matter. Forget it, then. Bad idea. Now, so Andrew, we're over here um, at your place, yeah. and tonight we were able to do a little bit of recording mm-hmm. for your own side gig that you yeah. you got going on. Can you can you expand a little bit on that? Like, what are we doing for this this side gig? What are you doing? What do you intend to do with your your videos that you're yeah. doing? Yeah. So, for a very 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 long time, I've had a huge passion for video video editing, um, and I just got really tired of of the monotonous you know day to day work and not really doing anything that I'm super passionate about. Okay. And so, so I thought, you know, why don't I start, you know, actually doing what I like to do and try and see if I can make a business out of it, try and make some money. So right now I'm doing <laughs> videography and cinematography for, um, businesses to kind of promote their business. Um, get my portfolio going. I, I used to make Boise State football highlights, as you know, uh-huh. and so I have a lot of experience with with editing and stuff like that. But I just want to do something that I love doing, and and turn it into a career. And and uh, it's actually opened up some doors already, so that I'm that I'm excited about. Totally understand that, man. That's kind of like the entire reason I'm doing this podcast, as everybody knows. So I totally respect that that you're doing something that you enjoy with hopes to make it bigger going forward. Um, so if you guys haven't seen any of this stuff already, you should get in contact with Andrew. He's got a, a lot of talent in regards to how he does all the cinema, cinema, cinematography. There you go. Did I say it right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you need to, you need to check it out. He actually just showed me the little highlight video we made of a, of a pickup basketball game <laughs> just this last week. Fun stuff uh. with his friends, but he still put a back, you know, background track to it. Got the editing done just to make it look good, and even that looks legit. So I'm actually really excited to see the final product from our little interview oh, yeah. once we get some more B-roll, stuff like that. So, man, this is this is great having you on the show. Now, my buddy at work, his name's Clayton Panzeri, host of the Armchair Army podcast. Uh, Clayton's been on my podcast a few times. He has referenced you like before, like we were at the San Diego State game watching it at my, my buddy's house, and Clayton was talking about all the guys that he likes to listen to on Twitter, or like follow on Twitter mm-hmm. and talk about Boise State with on Twitter, and he was talking about the guys that are like, <laughs> like the douchebags, quote unquote, that like don't listen to it. Like they, like he'll say something and somebody gets mad at him. And he's like, but you know, like somebody who's, who's not like that, 
is Andrew Faraci. So that's that's when I <laughs> said your name like that. Yeah, he's like nice. Andrew Faraci. Nice. He's a really good guy. I'm like, dude, I went to school with Andrew. Like I know Andrew. So you're you're pretty popular on the Twitter the Twitter game. So what Twitter? Do you do you sit there and like tweet out the games? Like oh where yeah. Can they find well, you? okay. So I I'm gonna get a lot of Boise fans mad at me for this, but my dad and I have created this tradition in a long time. He he's an older guy, um, so he doesn't want to go out to the cold game but so i'll come over to his house and we'll watch the games been doing that for a long time but okay i do go to the boy state games from time to time so i i elliot hoyt if you're listening man i'm i apologize (laughs) (laughs) but um no like so watching a lot of film and editing has kind of given me a good i I guess to say a decent football iq of knowing what's going on and so i just like to tweet out what i see um and you know, there's been a few times where I'm like, hey, they should do this, and then they do that, or something like that. But it's honestly, it's just fun to communicate with other Boise State fans because, you know, everyone has a little bit of a different view on certain, on certain things. But for the most part, I would say a lot of Boise State fans think alike. Right. Yeah. So it's just cool to communicate on Twitter and with not just with the fans, but even former football players like Elliot Hoyt. You, I'm sure you've seen him post yeah. recently about like BYU and and uh shane williams wrote same thing they'll be on twitter and it's cool because they also interact with a lot of fans so it's just kind of a cool community it is really cool like watching the whole twitter you know like you said community the, the twitter family it's legit when you get everybody going like talking about the same thing and if you're actually like not being the quote-unquote douchebag like uh, my buddy said like if you're actually legit and understand other people's opinions and you just interact it's really mm-hmm. fun to watch um so it's cool like yeah you have that rep already like like that's yeah Har- harson yeah. hasn't blocked me yet which is a good thing that's i want to keep perfect. that i want to keep that rapport with him <laughs> <laughs> i like it because you're going to be doing his highlight videos one day so yeah, for, right. for his team so you need to have that good rapport um so we were talking about boise state football uh, mm-hmm. i want your your thoughts on what they're going to do for the rest of the season how do you think they're going to finish? What's their final record? What's the bowl game we play? And what's our final ranking? Oh, man. Well, with the way that this year has been going, I it's hard to predict. Um, like, it, it's so hard because in the in the beginning of the season, uh, Harson and company was giving – they were just getting a lot of flack right. from everybody. I Some was of one of them. Yeah, I will – I'll raise my hand right now. I was I definitely was one of them. I thought when, uh, when he said changes were going to happen, I thought for sure that meant, like, a coaching change or something. But – I am really, really happy to say that they have completely made me eat my words because they have done something I've never seen done before, and that's the two-quarterback system. And that has to go with the mentality of the team. That just shows you what that team is about, and they're about winning. They're not about being selfish, and that's why they're they're doing so well as of late. And so I could honestly see this team going undefeated for the rest of the season, minus the bowl game. I don't know who. That kind of depends on their opponent. But this team, you look at – defensively offensively they're hungry they're ready to play and they're yeah. they're not afraid to play against anybody right now I, I totally agree i'm i'm definitely one of the guys who was given the coaching staff a lot of heat um starting from the top down and they have definitely surprised me for mm-hmm. good good reason yeah. and I'm, I'm happy to see this again because it's the true boise state um it's the true boise state that we're, we're used to seeing that uh the fun exciting explosive offense mm-hmm. and a top 10 top 15 top 20 defense whatever yeah. you want to call it like we're flying around so it's actually good to see that back in the treasure valley absolutely um one thing that i forgot to mention i wanted to bring this up and it just came to my mind again was your story you just told me a little earlier about what you know 
one of the stories of you listening to, I think you said it was Jim Rome. Oh yeah. Um, I want you to explain why you like Jim Rome and what that experience, if you can kind of like share that with the listeners of when you were in the car and you were talking about something and you predicted something before it happened. Oh, okay. Okay. So, uh, I, I told Shane earlier, um, that I, I listen probably more to sports radio shows than I do with music in my car, unless it's a long road trip or if my wife's with me. But, um, I've been listening to Jim Rome for a really long time. And I think one of my favorite moments of listening to him was way back in high school. I was dating, uh, this girl on, I was in that whole awkward process of getting to know her dad and he was trying to figure me out. The but, worst. Yeah. And so we're in, and he was intimidating too, but we were in his truck, just me and him, um, driving to some ranch to help. I think we're going to pick up hay or what, whatever it was. Um, but we we're listening to Jim Rome and he asked a question, uh, the time Ndamukong Sue went to Detroit, they, he got drafted. And so this was a long time ago, but the question Jim Rome wanted to ask the, the audience listening was, um, if Ndamukong could choose Nebraska or Detroit, which team would he would he choose? And so I immediately thought he was going to choose Nebraska because he actually chose Nebraska to go play four years of college football there, and Detroit drafted him. So he didn't choose Detroit. And so, you know, 15 minutes went by of fans just kind of arguing back and forth. Jim Rome was like, you know, that's, that's some pretty interesting stuff. But in my personal opinion, I think he would have chose Nebraska because he chose Nebraska. And so I thought, you know, ding, that was, ding, pretty, ding. yeah, I thought that was pretty sick. And I was like, okay, that, this is cool. And I did get some brownie points with my ex's dad, but you know, doesn't matter now. Doesn't but matter I'm now. saying <laughs> the point of that is, the point of that is, though, is that you predicted that. That shows your sports knowledge, and that's awesome because you've been participating in sports since you were a young kid, right? Oh, yeah, since probably I was like five, five or six. What was the first sport you participated in? Soccer. Soccer. I think, think it. Think that with like everybody in Boise. I area. never played soccer, never but played. that's funny. You, you did oh, you yeah. like it? I loved it. Really? Yeah. How long did you play soccer for? Uh, until I was about middle school, I think. Okay. I was playing with guys like four years older than me too. So you're I, pretty good. I, I was I was all right. So the U.S. men's team's looking for somebody. Where you at? I'm coaching them actually. Okay. Application since totally it's vacant. Fine. So I thought, why not? <laughs> no, no, um, no. I I learned a lot from soccer. To be honest, it, my agility, um, move, you know, lateral movement, right. that kind of stuff. Soccer helped out a lot with that conditioning, obviously, but. The main sports I played growing up after after soccer was uh, hockey and and football and did a little bit of track. So oh, that's so cool. Okay, so hockey. Now yeah. on on the podcast here with the Game Time Guru, I have a hockey expert. His name's CC Hockley, mm-hmm. and he usually comes on and, and we'll talk hockey. Uh, what's your thoughts on like hockey in the United States? Why is it not as popular around the major like the whole United States as like those mainstream sports? To be honest, I think it's not understood. Okay. Like, if you ask anybody that goes to a Steelheads game, like, why do you go for the Steelheads game? Most, mostly, they'll just say, "Oh, I go because I, I enjoy watching the fights." Yeah, fights are awesome. Like, it's cool that they allow it to some degree in, in hockey. Right. But if you get to know the game as a whole, get to know the rules, the 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 you know the pace of the game, it's super exciting to watch. And I think that's the biggest reason why it's not watched is because a lot of people don't understand it. You know what? I I got an idea for you. Yeah. You should make a highlight reel, like an instruction video. That's really cool for <laughs> hockey that, to that, promote the sport. My my dad actually, when uh, we call it Mighty Mites, I was like the really little, like I was six playing hockey. He made uh, a like instruction manual on how to play hockey, like hockey 101. Okay. He put like clip art. Like I was impressed by my dad. My dad's not like, uh, he's tech savvy. 
so to okay. speak. But I was impressed with this. He made a book, everything, all the pages were like laminated. And I think that could, uh, if, if everyone read that book, they would understand hockey completely. Dude, so here's what you do. You go and you, you, you get that all set up, the copyright, mm. the patent, everything, and you guys sell that book. Okay. I'm telling you right now, uh, we could use it. as, as Since I started doing this podcast, um, obviously my idea was to create a more panoramic view on sports. So right. cover all sports, not just football or basketball or, or baseball, the mainstreams. I wanted to cover all of them in hockey and, and soccer, even that we just mentioned, are those that are not as is not as hyped up in the United States at least. And, um, when, when CC Hockley started coming on the show and talking about hockey, it got my mind turning a little bit more. I'm like, okay. And since we have the local steelheads here, like mm-hmm. it got me looking at the sport a little bit more. And I, I actually really enjoy the sport of hockey. If you understand it, like you said, and you're, you know what to look for, it makes it that much more enjoyable. Same thing with baseball. I never liked baseball. I'm not a baseball fan, but like now that I understand it a little bit more, I understand the strategy behind it, stuff like that. Yeah. It makes it more enjoyable. Mm-hmm. So if you can understand it, yeah, it can be huge. So sell the book. Yeah, tell your dad definitely. Or it's go get your dad's book, I should say, and and do that. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's interesting because like, hockey is kind of a mix of I would say soccer, basketball, and football. And I, I could see because that. even defensively, like you can play man, you can play zone. Uh, there's different strategies of how to get the puck out of your own zone and get a quick fast break. When you're on a power play, say five on four, the other team is shorthanded because it came in a penalty. There's so many strategies of how to set that up and what players to use. So it's it's really interesting if you kind of get to understand the game. It's it's awesome. That's dope, dude. Who's mm-hmm. your favorite hockey team in the NHL? Chicago Blackhawks. Okay. Yeah. And what got you started with them? Um, growing up, it was, I don't know. I, growing up, I was a diehard Colorado Avalanche fan, but uh, my dad would always, he had this old, old uh, hockey puck, and it okay. had the Chicago Blackhawks logo on it. All right. And I remember him saying, like, you know, as much as I love Colorado, the Blackhawks have by far the best jersey. And so I always liked them, but when, like, Colorado Avalanche had Joe Sackick, Peter Forsberg, Patrick Waugh, like, their prime time right. of being, like, I don't know, today's Alabama. They, Colorado yeah. Avalanche was that good. I loved watching them. But um, growing up after that, uh, Chicago was my team. Uh, I mainly, this is going to be kind of sad to admit, but mainly because of their jerseys. They had the coolest jerseys, oh, in my opinion. They're classic. Totally understand that. Yeah, and um, – and then my, my brother-in-law, his last name is Taves. And so Jonathan Taves is their captain. And okay. so I was like, you know what? That's pretty sick. I'll, I'll stick with them. And then a couple years later, they won the Stanley Cup. And then two years after that, they won it again. And that so I'm not a bandwagon by any means. I actually really enjoy the Blackhawks yeah. and and uh, know a lot of, not personally, know a lot of other players, but I could name their ro- roster if you asked me to. So Gotcha. That's, yeah. that's pretty cool that you followed <laughs> that closely. And on the Jersey point, like when I was younger, I'm born and raised a Cowboys fan always been a Cowboys fan, but there's other teams that I'll root for. And when the Jaguars and the, and the Panthers came into the NFL in like 95, 96, uh, I started rooting for them specifically because of their helmets, mm-hmm. both of them. Cause I was like, Oh, they're a new team and their helmets were sick. Yeah. So like I started rooting for them yeah. because of that as well as the Cowboys, of course. But yeah, that's why I'm, I'm actually a Buccaneers fan. Like I have been Boise and Tampa Bay is like a team that you wouldn't expect someone from Idaho to be a fan of. But when I was little, I loved pirates. And I was like, what, what, what team is like a pirate? <laughs> it was either the Oakland Raiders or, you know, the Tampa Bay. And I like the jerseys for the Tampa Bay. That's what sold me. <laughs> Dude, plus you don't have the, the fans in Tampa are a little bit less rowdy than the fans in Oakland. So you picked a good one there. Yeah. Now, um, in regards to your sports background, you played a little bit of hockey. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, you participated in that. You also mentioned you played football. Yeah. So talk about your football experience coming up. Like, did you ever play an optimist football? Like oh, the, yeah. The little guys oh, coming yeah. up through middle school and everything. How, yeah. wh- what's your thoughts on like the little league football, optimist football here in Idaho? But like, what's your thoughts there? Should Should the parents let their kids play? Did you enjoy it? I loved it. Um, <sighs> yeah, me too. I absolutely loved it. But I will say um, it's I think it's a conversation that the the kid and the parent need to have before actually like committing to it because um, there are injuries. Injuries happen right. all the time, not in just football, but in any sport. Um, but I, also for the parents to look into the concussions because there's a lot of information right now that's being blasted in, in media saying concussions, you know, don't let your kids play concussions when I've actually heard the op- opposite recently saying that actually it's um, not really the after effects of concussions that's seriously concussions happen but it's not as bad as some right. of the media is portraying it as and so i just it's just do your research um if your kid really really wants to play i want to deprive him of that if my if i my future son wants to play if, if i have a son if he wants yeah. to play i'm gonna let him play i like that um i'm the same way i'll let my kid play if he wants to play and, and i'll and I'll encourage it if he wants to. Um, I'll let him do whatever he wants, essentially. Yeah. Like, But if he wants to play football, I'm not going to hold him back because I learned so much when I was in Optimus yeah. football. That's one thing I wanted to get at is like, our team was stacked with a lot of talent back then. That's what a lot of parents hated is our team was just stacked. Mitch Burrows, Jordan McFadden. Like, we had all these guys that ended up playing college football later on in life. But um, we, we went 28-1 and one in four years. Like We never really lost. And the one loss we had was in four overtimes. It was brutal. Um but I loved it because our, our coaches were so hard on us when we were little. We thought it was the worst thing in the world because we were little kids. But I learned so much from yeah. it. Um, and it kind of set the foundation for my sports. Like, it's just the foundation for my sports participation growing growing up and going on. Like, mm-hmm. in high school, you're going to have hard coaches and, and yeah. later on after that. So, um, you, you played through, like, the little leagues, the Optimus football, mm-hmm. high school. Yeah. Um, then uh, you talked about like here in Idaho, we have the ICFL, which is like the semi-pro football mm-hmm. that we got here. So it's like after the, the high school slash college days for those guys who want to still play. It's basically the city league football around here for full contact. I want you to talk about that a little bit because I haven't ever had anybody on here yet that's talked about semi-professional or city league football. What was your experience there? It is a mature version of Optimus football. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Expand. So... You will have teams that are stacked. Like there's, uh, when I was in the league, I haven't played in a couple of years, but there was one team, I believe they're called the the tribe. The tribe's uh, still legit. Yeah. They're so still they, un- they basically would recruit the best players from every single team. And usually they would go because they wanted to win. I mean, that's just human nature. You want to win, you have fun winning, but they had, you know, former, um, there's a former San Francisco defensive end, San Francisco 49ers player who was on the practice squad. Um, he was defensive end. He, there was a former UW defensive yeah, lineman. The UW defensive um, lineman still plays. I got tackled by him in the background, which wasn't that bad. But, you know, he's a big boy. And yeah, he's, and he's, I know and Even though he's, like, in his 30s, the dude can still play. Um, there's a, a player that he was committed to University of Oregon, um, but something happened and he didn't go. But he basically was, like, the fastest guy on the field. He, okay. he couldn't be touched. And so, like, you had teams like that, but overall, I'd say all the other teams were really, really competitive. Um, I did a lot better in this league than I actually did in high school. Okay. Um, just because I think I was more mature and my mentality was different. Like, in, in high school, I was very, very selfish. I thought, you know, like, 
I'd get pissed if I wasn't getting the ball right. or, you know, I wasn't a very good team player. And so growing up and maturing and, and having that mindset, like, I'm just going to do whatever you guys want me to do. How going in there and have that mindset made me actually be more successful. So that was, it was fun. And I still recommend to anybody that misses football that wants to play football, do it. It's really fun. And in what position did you play when you were playing semi-pro? I was playing uh, running back and, and was safety. Running back and safety? Yeah. Was it before it went to 11-man, or was it when 11-man? I actually hit? played the very first year of 11-man football. Really? Yeah. Okay. So that's when they allowed blitzing and different like stuff. Because in 8-man, you can't really blitz. It's they only allowed cheap. you to blitz in the A-gap, yeah. and that was yeah. it. Yeah, and so this was actual full 11-on-11-man 11 football that you could do basically everything. The only thing that you couldn't do was if you were going out for a block, you couldn't um, cut block them. Like if it was one-on-one, -on -one, you couldn't do that. That's one thing they wouldn't allow. Um, but other than that, man, it was basically NFL rules, uh, 11 man on 11 man. It was fun. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. I got a couple of buddies who still play in, in that league and they, they enjoy it. I used to watch my uncle play in the league when it first started back when I was in like sixth grade and they had some good talent out there. It's kind of fun to watch that. Like the guys who used to play college ball or the guys who played high school yeah. and they, they want to keep going. It's just a good way to stay active. Um, one thing I want to ask you, it's been on my mind a little bit is, a question that you actually asked me during the interview that we just did earlier tonight. Um, what, what you like about sports? Like what is, what's your favorite thing about sports? What makes you so passionate about sports? It brings people together. I think yeah. is, is my, my biggest thing. Um, just kind of growing up. Well, I guess there's so many things. I mean, I could list out so many things. Oh, I'm sure. Um, the camaraderie when you're playing. Like, I think that's what I miss most about playing football. And, like, there's a part of me that, like, when I see Boise State cheering, like, get together and they're celebrating, that moment of just, like, it's it's your, it's your not just your guys you're playing. It's your, it's your brothers that you're not just playing a game with. You're sweating every single day. You're bleeding every single day. You're waking up at ungodly hours every right. single day with these guys and you just executed something that you've been working on every single day and that comes to life when you when you score a touchdown or you get a sack or an interception that celebration is just like so addicting <laughs> and yeah, just totally it's understand. just it's so cool to be a part of and um just like i said bringing family together like there's every every week like i said my dad and i get together to watch the Boise State game and it's nice because uh, we have we have a really good relationship outside of just sports but um, it's something that we're all passionate about. It's, it's, I don't know. It's something more than, than sports. Yes. Like, yes, at the end of the day, it's a game, but it's more than that. There's emotions that tie into it. There's traditions. There's, um, I don't know. It, there's hope. I feel like sports gives us hope. Yeah, I totally I understand. Like if, if like, despite what's going on in the NFL, what your opinion is, I don't care because it's bringing people together thousands hundreds of thousands of people are coming every single day or not every single day but once a week or yeah. twice a week to come together and watch a game yes and it's it's awesome it's it i think without sports there'd be a lot more turmoil maybe that's going on but oh, I, uh, I love yeah. that yeah so I that's just that. i guess my quick i guess summary of why sports is just so important to me I, I love that man i'm and it's cool to see somebody that's like got the same mindset as me like i i don't I don't want to sound like sports is the only thing in life. Oh no! But there is so much that goes to sports that can impact your life outside of just the game itself. So I—that's a perfect answer. I love yeah. that. Um, and I want to, 
I want to ask you, what is the biggest lesson that you've taken from your participation in sports? Like playing, you said soccer, hockey, football, track. Like what's the biggest lesson you've taken that you can actually apply in your, your day-to-day life now? Oh, man. That's a really hard question. Um, I think two things. Um, first thing I would say being selfless. Okay. Uh like I said earlier, I was in high school when it came to football, I, I was very, very selfish. I wanted to, if I could be on the field 100% of the time, I would, and I didn't want to get off. Um, but learning to trust, like I guess selfless, being selfless and trusting kind of go hand in hand because in order to be selfless, you have to trust your teammate. Right. And just trust other people. And that really helped me in life. Like if I am not doing my job, like at my own job, at my, at my work, um, I have that trust where that my, my coworkers are like, Hey man, like, uh, you're doing this and this, you need to step it up. And it's like, Oh cool. I'll step, I'll step it up. Um, discipline is huge because you know, with football, you have two days early in the morning right. and then in the afternoon and with your workouts and nutrition, all of that kind of goes into having that self-control of like, okay, I can't splurge on food. I, I have to, you know, go to bed early. There's, you know, there's, it made things, clear to me that there's more important things that you know you have to be responsible for right so being disciplined in those areas just kind of helps everyday life i love it man that's so awesome um and before we get to the guru's gauntlet to finish up the interview i just want to let you basically you know talk about anything you want like is there anything you have to say about like any topics going on uh any predictions that you have for any sports stuff anything you want to talk about for your your film that we talked about earlier like first off do you do you have a website or anything for i I basically just have that uh i hardly use it i i actually stopped making boy state football highlights for about two years just because um life got in the way yeah yeah, no um but i still have that youtube channel um up uh, I think, I believe if you type in Andrew Ferrasi on YouTube, uh, it'll come up with my Boise State uh, YouTube okay. page, and that still has all my videos up, even like from like Titus Young and Doug Martin. Um, I believe Titus Young is actually still the most watched video on my channel. Really? Yeah, it's got like almost 80 or 100,000, 80,000 views, I think. I could be completely wrong. Well, you guys will see it here because I'm going to link it here um, in the description, so make sure you check the description. That's the, the YouTube that was page. Like, yeah, that was my first video I ever made actually for Boise State. Dude, that's pretty dope. Yeah, yeah. it was Titus Young. Uh, it's kind of sad. <laughs> that's a, that's that's a sad a, story. But the video's good. The video's great. <laughs> I love the video. Um, so we'll find you on your YouTube yep. YouTube page. Um, anything else, any last words that you have or anything that you'd like to, to plug in? Anything sports-related that you have before we go into the Guru's Gauntlet questions? What's your final for college football teams right now? Right now? Like yeah. as if... Like, are you saying who I think is going to finish in, at the end of the day? Yep, end at the, the end day? of the year, at the end of the day. <sighs> okay. Here's here's what I think is going to happen because the SEC is so – there's so much bias towards the SEC, which is why we just did a, a podcast on this because mm-hmm. ESPN basically has the SEC and all this. I, I think two SEC teams will get in. if I think Georgia runs the table. I think Alabama runs the table to the SEC championship. I think Alabama wins. So I think it goes Alabama one. I honestly believe Notre Dame is going to be so it's going to go Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame, Georgia. That's what I think is going to end up happening because I believe they're going to put in two SEC teams even though I don't want them to. I would like to see a TCU in there um, at, at the yep. at the number 4 slot, but I think it's going to be 
Georgia at the number four because they lose in the SEC championship. So they'll put them out because yeah. they're not a conference champion. Yeah. So the reason why I asked that question, because it's a really hard answer, question to uh, answer, because so much could happen um, yeah. between now and then. I think I actually saw a chart that was on Twitter that was like the first playoff uh, selection came out versus like the very at the end of the season. Like, I think the only consistent team was Alabama. All the rest were different. Okay. So um, it kind of depends what happens. I believe, like like you said, sorry, um, I think a one-loss Georgia team, if they if they lose to Alabama, I think they still go in over any Big Ten team, any Big 12 or ACC or Pac-12 school. I, I do believe Georgia is that good of a team. Um, I think right now, I depends on what Clemson does. Um, I, I would say my final four is going to be Alabama, Georgia, Clemson, Notre Dame, or TCU. I think TCU, if they win out, they'll actually go in over Notre Dame. Really? Yeah. And why do you think that? They still have a couple games to play that are – they still have Oklahoma – and look, compare that to Notre Dame's schedule, like Oklahoma, you've seen them, what they've been able to do recently. Mm-hmm. They look amazing. And TCU only has one loss, and it was kind of a, a freak loss, but it was only by a touchdown. But I think if they if they show up against Oklahoma and the rest of their season, I think they could maybe convince the playoff committee that they deserve to be in the playoffs. See, I, I totally – I would love that. The only thing I'm concerned about is that Notre Dame has the brand name behind them. Mm-hmm. Whereas TCU is still trying to come up is they're a small school. Like their enrollment's smaller than CWI where we went to school. It's weird. They're such a small school because they're a private school and they don't have the the brand like Notre Dame does. Right. And that makes me mad sometimes because I think that plays into the media's, like that yeah. plays into their heads a little bit. They, and that's their decisions. But like, so Notre Dame will end up playing Miami. And then I think they have Stanford at the end of the year who's all overrated anyways. But um, I just have a fear that if Notre Dame ends up winning two more of those games, like two, two of the last three games, like against the top 25 teams uh, that the media is just gonna be like, Oh, well they, they made it happen. If, if an undefeated, okay, I will say this. The reason why I said Notre Dame first before TCU is because if they do win out, they will go in there. Cause, cause TCU, I think they already have one loss and yeah. if, you can't leave an undefeated Notre Dame team out. But you is, just can't. is Notre Dame undefeated? They lost to Georgia. Oh wait, they lost to Georgia again. What? But, but yeah, still though, like I don't think, <sighs> see, that's where it's tough. Yeah, that's where it's tough. But like you said, they still have Stanford, which uh, I believe lost to Washington State this past weekend. So I don't think they're going to be ranked. Oh, that's right. They um, dropped out. And then Miami, who's who looks amazing right now too, um, which that's that's saying a lot because I don't have high regards to Miami. <laughs> but um, I think yeah, it's hard to say. Who are you gonna if you look on paper? If if Notre Dame beats Miami versus TCU beats Oklahoma, I believe the TCU game is at Oklahoma this year. You can correct me if I'm wrong. I think it might be. I think that's a bigger win than a Notre Dame over Miami. In my opinion. I'll agree with that. I totally agree with that. And just, I would love to see TCU Just because if you compare what Miami's done recently to what Oklahoma has done recently, uh-huh. Oklahoma by far has done way more. Yeah. So, again, and it's a Gary Patterson coach team. Gary Patterson, as we all know, of Boise State fans, he's a hard team to go against. Oh, yeah. He's always got his defense ready. And so I think I think TCU going into playoffs would be pretty interesting. Doesn't mean yeah. that they're the best team going in, but it'd be, in my opinion, more fun to watch them versus Notre Dame because Notre Dame has a history of letting people down in big games. Oh, I totally understand. <laughs> TCU Alabama round one. Hopefully that's what happens. Yeah. Um, okay, so we're gonna go into the Guru's Gauntlet. So this is our segment at the end of the show where I'll just ask you a couple questions and you just have to answer them really quick. You don't really have time to think about them. So. I've come up with a few, I think, uh, that I want to ask you. So, 
First one. You have the opportunity to see either Boise State football win a national championship. You have the opportunity to see the Chicago Blackhawks win another Stanley Cup. Or you have the opportunity to see the Buccaneers win a Super Bowl. You get to choose one. The other ones will never happen. Which one is it? Boise State. Win a national championship? Absolutely, because I don't think that'll ever happen right now. I, I honestly don't. I think it'd be too hard for them to get in. Unless something's like, honestly, a lot of people, I think skill-wise, they could be in any Power 5 school or any Power 5 league, skill-wise. Mm-hmm. I think they're, they're there. But you have to look at the university right now. University has to do a lot of things to get to that point where yeah. they're considered to be a power five program. Right. And I shouldn't say that I don't think it will never happen, but it'll be hard. It'll, I think they would have a better shot, but better shot at it. If it, the BCS was still around, to be honest. Okay. Would you cry if they won? I don't know what I do if they won. Yeah, me neither. I, I, I'm sure I'd, I'd go the game for sure. I'd oh, be there. Drop but a couple I just, grand. Who cares? Just because the, the success rate that Boise State has had, like they're the fastest in my I think I don't know, I shouldn't say my opinion, but just seeing where they started off from being, you know, a junior college to now, mm-hmm. they're the fastest team ever to have that success. Yeah, it's only been twenty one years yeah. or so, twenty something years. Yeah, so it's it's I shouldn't say never, but I, I want them to win a national championship very bad. The cool my, thing, side note on, on Boise State real quick, is the fact that they are so consistent and I they're so consistently good because we've had those like fluke seasons that you've had the ball states um, that have come through NIU, uh, Houston, yes, Houston, Western Michigan, all those teams. One they year all come through a few, yeah, a couple of years, whatever, and then whatever. But Boise State's consistently been over like the eight, nine wins, like for the last what 12, 13, mm-hmm. 14 years, so even more actually. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're they're absolutely crushing it. Uh, the last two questions I have for you one, best conference in college football, toughest conference in college football. Oh man. Not the SEC. Good. Um, I'd actually say the Big 12 right now. Why? <laughs> none of them, well, I mean, none of them can play defense right now. Yes. But that's just because if you look at the offenses, they put up so much points. It's hard to stay with them. It's like their entire their entire uh, league is Oregon on steroids. Because Oregon used to be that one team in the Pac-12 yep. that could air raid, spread you out, get you on single coverage, and beat you with pure speed. Every team is almost like that in the Big 12. You got TCU who is doing that. Um, yet, granted, they're using an SE, a former SEC quarterback to do it, but their defense is great. They're they're fast. They're physical. Oklahoma can spread you out and beat you. Um, they beat Ohio State earlier this year. Yeah, um, I was at that game. Yeah, that that was a hard game. I'm sure for you to watch. But like I said, like they can, I think, can compete with almost any school. Like you put them on paper. Uh, put Oklahoma State against an SEC school, SEC school not named Alabama or Georgia right now, they'd probably win. I like it. So I like that a lot. Except actually. for Kansas uh, State, not Kansas State. Sorry, University of Kansas. Ugh. They uh, chalk. I feel I feel bad for them. Yeah, they're they're pitiful. Um, I just had my last question in my head, and I'm trying to think of what it was. Just real quick, I just had it in my head, had it in my head. Oh yeah, better college quarterback, Johnny Manziel or Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield. And why? For me, are we going based off of characters? You just you just you base it off anything you want to base it off of. This is the guru's gauntlet. Oh man, dude. I I think he's been able to do more um in that program. Uh like it's just I shouldn't say this is hard. Like Johnny Manziel had good players around him. He had Mike Evans, um, 
he was able to create some crazy plays out of nowhere. But I think May- Baker Mayfield took that to a whole nother level. All if right. you see him play, man, it's it's not just Johnny Manziel. He he's a he's a good quarterback. Yeah. He is a pure passer when he needs to be. But he he's not his, his first instinct is never to scramble for for yards. He his first instinct is okay if my read's not there immediately, I'm gonna create some space to get my wide receivers open. And last last second, if I need to, then I'll run. Um, I'll agree with that. He's but, like a Houdini. Yeah, he's he he's, he's he's hard to stop, oh. and uh, it's weird because I think he's one of those rare players that makes his wide receivers better than the other way around. Right. I feel like Mike Evans really made Johnny Manziel be Manziel. He, he there are some times where I saw Manziel just toss it up to Mike Evans. Mike Evans just came out of it and came you know came down with the ball, made a right. huge play. Um, but Manziel like there there were some times where when he didn't have uh, that help he it just he struggled you know, he struggled yeah and with baker mayfield i don't i don't see that you know it's crazy there's been a few occasions but not very many where i've seen baker mayfield struggle that's so. a really good in-depth analysis yeah. behind that answer so that is perfect yeah. i like that all right everybody so it's andrew farachi how do you say it farachi <laughs> you're not gonna do the italian oh way? you want me to do the, it's uh, farachi the there we go hey, it's farachi there you, there you go uh, you gotta say it with your hand yeah, you got to put the hand up there. Uh, make sure you follow him on Twitter. Uh, he's, he's always tweeting out the uh, Boise State updates. And make sure you hit the link here below that's going to have his YouTube channel that has his Boise State highlights from back then. Um, but he's got his stuff going. Make sure to, to keep an eye on his documentary, his little things that are coming forward with his his side hustle that he's got going on as well. Andrew, thanks for joining the show. I appreciate Dude, you, man. Thank you for making like a small part of my life come true. Like, Dude, this is legit. I've, I'm happy to I've always you. wanted to be on a podcast or ESPN radio or whatever radio just to talk about sports. So I thank you for making this finally come true for Oh, me. dude. Heck yeah, man. Hopefully we can meet up in the future as well. And, and guys, oh, oh, um, I'm always down. Dude. Always down. This guy's dropping knowledge. You guys know, know the drill. Go find me on iTunes. Subscribe to the show. Give me a rating. And uh, we'll talk to you next week.